right, what do Alabama, what does the state of Alabama, the state of Florida, and WWE all have in common? I don't know. What do they all have in common? They all three run a sloppy shop. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, okay, I understand sort of mothers that purposely have chicken pox parties yeah. or whatever. I understand that, but, like, why would you have a, a party to essentially catch, like, a worse version of the flu? Because this is what happens after years and years of inbreeding. Your brain just stops working, like, yeah. fully functioning? Yep. Or that's a that's a way to keep your 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 you know what? Never mind. I'm not I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. That's because that's not something you really do joke about. Anyways, welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling Podcast. This is off to a wonderful start. I'm not. You know, if if you think about it logically, an Alabama no, party is technically all in the family. This is not. This is not only the the better way of opening the show, but also the worst way. <laughs> and you know what? This is fine. This is fine. Um, if We're not called my, the natural disasters for nothing. Uh, I'm gonna get like, ever. I'm gonna, my girlfriend is just gonna fucking like, video chat me just to get, shake her head at me, just being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> She shakes her head in shame at you. And it just hangs up. Like, what the fuck was that for? You know why. <laughs> um, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. How did you feel about that comment, that jab that Taz took at Fighter Fest? It was funny. It was fucking funny. Um, I thought, like, and... and I thought like some people, other people did that. Yeah, it was funny, or like I get it, but at the same time, like, does w, does AEW have that much room to talk though? Because they're the ones that have had a quote unquote crowd since the beginning of all this, and yeah, there hasn't really been much social distancing in those shows. Um, and then, uh, not too many people have worn masks. I know Big Swole has has been on camera seen wearing masks because she has. Um, she has an underlying health condition and there's been a couple people in the audience that have been wearing masks, but like for the most part, you don't really see people wearing masks. And like, you could say that like, okay, like they have been recording in places that are open air, Area. such as daily space. Yep. Um, but also, you know, the Atlanta shootings where they filmed that Cody's wrestling school, uh, that wasn't really an open air building. And plus, regardless, you're still around a bunch of people. Um, and if I'm correct, if I'm not sure if it was PW Insider, if it was uh, the torch or whoever, but I remember somebody saying that for Fighter Fest they had more people um, in attendance for Fighter Fest, and it wasn't just wrestlers. It was, uh, from what I understand, it was uh, people who kind of pay for like s- uh, season tickets, like Jaguars fans and stuff like yeah. that. Like the just big, big investors come and they brought friends and family or whatever, just like a few people. But they had them in the upper section of Daily's Place away from any of the talent. And they were uh, temperature checked. They were masks. They had to be socially distanced. Like I understand that. And so, that was smart. But at the same time, like, is that, does, is that still kind of hypocritical? 
like I could see the, I could see what they're trying to do and taking all the precautions still, but like, was it really smart still to have those people in attendance? Here's what and maybe I'll, that was, and maybe that was over Tony Khan said too. So here's what I will say. So there are a lot of things. I, I mean, with numbers rising in Florida, I don't think it was that smart of an idea. But that being said, you know they they had to take word, word of mouth by a lot of people because you know they were letting those fan those people in the, in attendance for it. But, but they, didn't, people, they didn't pimp it either. Yeah, but they didn't pimp it. They also, the other thing was uh, people who, you know, had tested for COVID already, like they put in a different area from the people who weren't tested. So, yeah. Like they had yeah, so no, all the talent. Yeah, like you said, all the talent, because all the talent has to be tested for COVID and they have been tested. And so all the people that haven't been tested or like they weren't going to test, they kept them like far, they kept them far up in the, yeah. in the stadium as opposed to like I said and not anywhere near um, uh, talent and so and especially knowing uh, you know as the um, the information that we learn on how it transmits keeps changing day to day because that's what it does that's what people you know it's gonna happen not everybody knew what the fuck it was doing uh, when it first came on the scene but um, so with- again I, I think again I think it was smart that they had people away but like I didn't think it was necessary to bring outsiders in when you're trying to keep your talent healthy. I mean, yeah. You never know. I'll agree on that point, but what I will also say is they have been... So, they've been doing something from the start that WWE should have been doing from the start, which was testing. testing. Yeah. Which was testing. They should have been testing from the very, very start, and... AEW, like you know, we'll give them, I'll give them flack for having some people in in the crowd, but what I will say is they've been testing everybody, mm-hmm. and anybody who, like, and anybody who is is does come out positive, like they have to quarantine for two weeks in their hotel room in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think Moxley has been in Jacksonville, or did he go, or did he go back to Vegas? Um, I think they're both in the Florida area because they both have they both have residencies as they both have houses in Vegas as well as Florida. Cause, yeah, I think I saw pictures of Renee at her house at her house house the one in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I saw that people were pissed at Renee for announcing her thing. So yeah, apparently she's getting a lot of heat backstage. Mm-hmm. Which is stupid. It's her decision to, you know, to save, to talk about her health if she wants to. And if the, if the and if that's not like the first rule, like I don't think they they actually I don't think it, they they're legally allowed to do anything about it if they want to be vocal about their own testing. But I know like a lot of people were pissed off at her, or they weren't pissed off at her, but like I know she got a lot of gov, or I don't know if she did. See, here's the thing: is that Kayla Braxton mm-hmm. got tested positive a second time. Because yep. apparently she had caught it in March. March. And for some reason, a lot of people got on it about her a lot more. And like I saw a lot of people saying how she might have gotten Roman sick too, which was interesting. Or like the people were just like, oh, you could have gotten Roman sick. Like, or what the fuck does that have to do with anything? But like I didn't see a lot of people get pissed at Renee. Oh. So I'm. It's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting double standard that I see there, and I don't know why. 
And like, if they're pissed at Renee, are they also pissed at Kayla? Are they pissed at Adam Pierce? Like, pissed at Jamie Noble? Yeah. I well, I understood. I think he deleted his though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they probably are. Because if you're a producer, I'm sure they really don't want you to say anything. Yeah. But I think it's different for on-screen talent. I don't know. It's weird. And then, like, what is Renee gonna do now, anyways? Because backstage is uh, like effectively canceled unless you know, except when they do it for like um, for like pay-per-views. Yeah, specials or pay-per-views. Speaking of pay-per-views, it's been announced where uh, SummerSlam is going to take place. I guess. Mm, tell me where this next exciting venue is going to be at. You want to know uh, this exciting venue? Yeah. All right. Let's get the, said that. let's get the drum roll going. Okay, I'm letting you know I can't hear anything because it cut out. Oh, well. Because it is, it's not picking up that loud noise. <sighs> it's going to be that kind of podcast anyways. Come on, Lee. I know we don't have a budget, but still. So this is coming from PWI Insider. While an official announcement has not yet been made, World Wrestling Entertainment will hold the 2020 SummerSlam pay-per-view at the Performance Center on Sunday, 823. Wow. Yep. So, so much for Vinnie Mac having all his fucking, you know, his crowd. Yep. It's honestly fucked up. I, I don't... I'm sorry, but if you're willing to go into a crowded arena like that, or anywhere crowded, um, you get what you deserve, honestly. Yep. So, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but also fuck you. They were originally going to... Uh... The WWE was looking into plans to get crowds back in mm-hmm. as recently as three weeks ago. Yeah. But with uh, with everything kind of going on and... I think getting worse. Talent, yeah, with, with numerous people having testing positive for COVID-19, mm-hmm. it's becoming less and less likely... And with some motherfucker cutting fucking testing budgets. Mm-hmm. So. It's like, we want to open back the economy, but we're going to make sure that you guys, I mean, if you guys die, you die. And that's, that's about it. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, there's not going to be an economy if there's not any fucking people. What the fuck are you protecting? Now, here's what I don't get is that so testing can cost anywhere from free to seven thousand dollars. Where are you seeing it for seven thousand dollars? There are some people in Texas who have had bills for like seven thousand dollars for a COVID testing. Is that with or <laughs> excuse me? Is that with or without insurance? That's with insurance. Fucking shit! What kind of insurance do they have? I know that's what I'm saying. I saw. Um... There's a, uh, a blog out here in Whittier, uh, the woman who, who runs that blog uh, caught COVID because that's what happens when you go out and eat at restaurants kind of, you know, consistently when they reopen. And um, she wrote a post about it and she's, she's, people are asking questions about how she got tested. Apparently there is an urgent care out in Florton that they're giving almost instantaneous test results within like 30 minutes. Cost her 150 bucks. There are several places here in Chicago where you get free testing, and there's no reason not to get tested. Like, it's fucking free. 
Here, fucking testing slowed down out here for like two weeks, and like we like I was reading like uh, Los Angeles County doesn't have a shortage of tests, but for some reason I think it's because they're changing over, mm-hmm. or I think there was like three things that I heard. It was like one, a lot of people that were testing originally when they first offered free testing, like a lot of it was volunteer. Yeah. Um, so like you know people don't want to volunteer this you know much any much longer, especially if they're going to be expo- possibly exposed to it. Two. Um, I read on ABC, I think, that um, they were switching over to who takes care of the tests, mm-hmm. like who essentially, like, you know, like runs the tests and stuff like that. And then three, I heard that we were also part of the budget cuts that, um, uh, that What's-His-Face implemented when he was just like, we should have less testing. Um, so, it, it, I mean, if if your state or if your county has free testing, just go for the go for the sake of knowing. Yeah, like that's what it's there for. Especially if you are like me, McDonald soon, who if you're gonna be around people in a small building, like, if or you know, if you work with the public at all, and if you're immunocompromised. Yeah. And even just do it for the sake of the people that you live with, like especially if you live with parents. Like, I was talking to my, I was talking to my girlfriend about this because we went, we hung out a couple of weeks ago, and um, we were, we went for a walk, and we were gonna pick up some food to go, but like we saw a lot of people still like eating out and stuff like that, and like we were just like, okay, we understand if like, because like a lot of the people that we saw eating out were all pretty young, they're maybe like our age, maybe like yeah. a little bit younger. And so we're just like, okay, so these are, like, assuming these are people that are, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wives that, like, live with each other, like, that's fine. But, like, in my case, in her case, and, like, even your case, like, we live with our folks. And, like, you know, we can't be that selfish to be like, I really want to go out and eat, or I really want to go be out with friends, because we have to come back to people that are not only older, but, like, you know, probably have don't have the greatest immune systems right now or, you know, that have their own shit to do, too. Yep. Like, we don't want to bring that home either. So that's why, like, I, I've gotten tested uh, as much as I can because, like, I want to make sure that I can do what I can for them. No. Um, motherfucker. Sorry. To change subjects, speaking of tests, did you hear... What about Andrew Martin? Huh? Andrew Martin came back? Wait, what, what, what? It's a test, Andrew Martin. No, he's not. Oh, God, no, he's not come back. If he did, uh, I think we'd have a zombie uprising. Anyways, come on. But anyways, uh, Sarah Logan is pregnant. Yeah, there's going to be little baby Roe. Yeah. Little baby Roe. So, little baby Viking. Oh, uh, I wanted to, there to be a little baby riot squatter. Uh, Who do you think uh, gets the godmother role in that? Do you think Ruby or Liv, or do they like? Does she just have two godmothers? She has two godmothers. Congrats, but congrats to Sarah Logan. Congrats to Sarah Logan. Congrats Rowe. to Eric Rowe. No, uh, yeah, I'm excited for them. I'm so so excited for them. Um. Also. Did you see the the clips from our wedding? Yeah, it's dope. Like they had. A, I don't know like, if I want a Viking wedding or a Viking funeral more now. I mean, if you get a Viking funeral, they set your body on fire. Yeah, what the fuck am I gonna care? That's gonna be awesome. I guess. 
I guess. It's like he went how he lived, flaming. Uh, so the last week we had Fighter Fest as well as the Great American Bash, night ones of each show respectively. Um, there's a lot to go over, I, I but I think we just should just hit the highlight points for for both shows. Okay, you want to hit uh, Great American Bash first? No, not really. We, okay, get it. Get Great American Bash over with Frisk so we can get it out of the way. How about that? I guess. I got to pull it up. Because I was not expecting to talk about it first. Now, overall, what did you think of night one of Great American Bash for you before we get into uh, this? I thought it was okay. Um, I think it was it was kind of... I want to say old school. Uh, the strap match was interesting. The strap match is something that I don't know how much it works now when we've seen so much other, like, so much uh, so much more violence in, in wrestling, especially with ECW yeah. uh, being a thing. And, and especially the shit that they would do in the indies. So it didn't work the same for me as it probably would have worked in like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was, it was good. It was an old, it was a good old school match. If that's what's something you're looking for. Uh, so, the four rematch match was yeah, was this so is, uh, so. What I was gonna get to. So it's it started out with the fatal four way match for the number one contender NXT Women's Championship. Um, my money going into it was Mia Yim. But, yeah, I yeah, didn't see the winner. I didn't I, the the way it turned out. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, so we had Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, and Candice Lorray. Um, I honestly thought Mia Yim was gonna win it because it felt like. It felt like that's where they were going with. Yeah. But, nope. Tegan Knox. Uh, yeah, but, she's had a really good comeback story. Yeah, she's had a really comeback, good comeback story since, since coming back. Yeah, hey, I, we... I didn't know that Aubrey Edwards was, was the ref for the match when she blew out her knee the second time. Or with, yeah. uh, with Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Then we had Timothy Thatcher versus Orny Lorkin. I can never mm-hmm. pronounce his name right. Yeah, or- Orny Logan. Orny Lorkin. Orny Lorkin. It was, it, was, it was a match. I like uh, Lorkin. Uh, I like Lorkin and Birch a lot. I wish they kept him, they keep him as a team more because I think that's like, that's the shot in the arm that their, their, their tag division really, really needs. Yeah. And it's something that's always been good with, uh, with the Undisputed Era. Now, after that, we had Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Yeah, that was whatever. Yep. I think Rhea. I think Rhea really lost a lot of steam when she didn't beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. Yeah. She's lost a lot of steam. And uh, this was my match. So the strap match was my match of the night, which was Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. Yeah, like I said, it, it wasn't. It was good, but it's just it. it uh, I don't understand it. I mean, I didn't need to be a strap match. You could have just made it like a hardcore match. Strap matches are very old school gimmicky. Like it's that carny mentality. Yeah. Um, then we had the main event, which was NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. Or no, sorry. Was that the main event? Yeah, that was the main event. Yeah, it was the main event. Shirai versus Banks. Yep. And... Uh, we had some shenanigans from Bailey, which brought out Asuka. 
I, but, I think nobody expected this to be a clean, clean finish. Yeah. Shirai won. Uh-huh. And it was a good like it was a good match. It was a really, really good match. Um, it needed Poppy. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I love Poppy. I love me some Poppy. Um, but what does that say when like well, I mean, okay, so it's interesting because they have, okay, so Shirai versus Banks, then you have, like, the Smack, like, not only the SmackDown Women's Champion, but the other half of the, of the Tag Team Champions come and try to interview here, but that doesn't work because they're foiled by the Raw Women's Champion, so what yeah. does that, what does that exactly mean for Banks and Bailey? It means the women's division is fucked and we're going to get Banks versus Bailey at SummerSlam. You think they're you think they're not gonna hold out until Mania? No, I think they're I think I think they're idiots if they don't hold out until Mania. I mean they are idiots, but <laughs> I was gonna say they are idiots. Uh yeah, so with so one of these days I'm just gonna go to a hospital, walk in and grab like a bunch of like one of those pee bottles that they give to old men. <laughs> and give it to me. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be like your your thirty fifth like birthday present. You know we're recording right now, and I'm gonna be thirty six. Thirty seven. I'm aware. Thirty six. Uh, well, see, I complimented you. <laughs> so, overall, Great American Bash. What would you give that? And that one. Um. I'll give it three straps out of five. Three straps out of five? Yeah. I will give it... Um, I'm going to give it 3.5 Dexter Loomis' Dexter Loomis's stocking people out of five. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good, but it wasn't necessarily a reason to, to yeah. hold on to the, um, to the name like that just to be dicks. Like, that's what I hate. That's what I hate. What they do about these, like these these old WCW Dusty Roads like names, is that like they use, they have them, and like they only they don't really do anything with them. But like they also don't live up to the name either. And that's either because they just want to, like obviously they just want to use the name so they hold on to the copyright. But like if it's not something that they created that's not already associated with them, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Because the Great American Bash, like, is, has always been, like, it's one of those things. It's like Starcade where, like, just, like, you know, shit. Like, you know, big matches happen, shit gets resolved, and unfortunately that's not what happened here. So, from there, we had Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. Yes. Um, it's definitely a different experience compared to Great American Bash. Very much different. So, even from the get-go, you know, the set, the set pieces themselves, you had, you know, tropical trees, you had, you know, models and chairs, uh, commentary, we're, we're, we're all wearing Hawaiian t-shirts. Uh-huh. So, it, it was very much reminds me of, you know, the old school Bash at the Beaches or Hog Wild WCW pay-per-views. Yeah, that's what they did at the beginning of the year for Bash at the Beach. Yeah. And so uh, our opening contest was MJF 
MJF and Warlow versus Jurassic Express, the team of more specifically Luchasaurus as well as Jungle Jack Perry. Yes. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, fantastic fucking match. I love. I love. I love this feud. Uh, I didn't necessarily love the match. I thought it was kind of slow. A little too slow for me at some points. Uh, I like the end. The end the was, finish, really, yeah. was really the finish was fun. The finish uh, but, the, was fun. but the match was it was kind of like it wasn't the best match. It was a good match, I guess, to open with. It's not but, a, a typical Jungle Boy Luchasaurus match because you know they're very they're very very fast going for a lot of their matches. It wasn't like the match that normally that have opened past dynamites before. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of disappointed because I expected a little bit more. But I mean, it was it wasn't it wasn't horrible, but I I, I wanted a little bit more. And you see, that's sometimes so. And see, we are capable of saying this. It's not every a, not every AEW the match is going to be great. We will, we we're not total marks for AEW. It's the double-edged sword of AEW is you know when you put on consistent pay-per-view quality matches week after week after week after week. Uh-huh. And when you, you have a match that opens up that's not pay-per-view quality, then, you know, you're, you're kind of like, oh, well, what the fuck? Like, you, you kind of, you, you feel like a little bit of a let down, but at the same time, you can't expect that every fucking week. You can, but, but also they were building this up as essentially a free pay-per-view. Yeah. They were essentially building it up as pay-per-view quality because last time... Fighter Fest was on Bleacher Report Live, so th- this technically was one of the pay-per-views. They just decided to do it for free mm-hmm. and spread it out two weeks, um, just so that we, you know, they they get more ratings and stuff like that, and they, you know, lure people in who are still at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was, I think that's on them that they they pimped it up pretty high, but it just didn't deliver as much as it should have. Like I'm sure it did. I'm sure, like you know, you liked it. I'm sure there was a lot of other people liked it. For me, like I said, I just wanted a little bit more. Follow, to follow that up, we had uh, Bay Hakito Shida versus Penelope Ford. This was actually a, a really good match. I wasn't expecting it to be this good because when we were watching it, like uh, well, when I was watching it, we, you and I were kind of texting back and forth a little bit, yeah. and like I was expecting this to to not be. I'll just say it like this: I didn't expect Penelope to be the contender that she was built up to be. They. Uh, I mean, and she proved me wrong. Yeah. You know, kudos to Akira as well, because she definitely, you know, she definitely took a lot of, or she definitely helped push that. Yeah, she made Penelope look really, really strong. Yeah. And that's actually the, you know, uh, good on a champion when you're able to look, make your your uh, your opponent look good. Yeah, she, she sold a lot of it. There was a part where um, towards maybe like the last four, five minutes of the match where uh, Penelope Ford hit one hell of a whippersnapper. And that's what it was. It was in the center. It was just a straight up whippersnapper. Yeah. And I thought I thought that that was over. I thought I was going to be so completely surprised if they took the belt off Sheeta this quickly. But, no, uh, she's going to have luckily, that. Yeah, she's going to have that title for a while. Yeah, luckily they, that's not what they, they did. And so like I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. Fantastic match. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, it was a fantastic match. Start to finish. 
I mean, that's probably my match of the night. Of course it is. No, I mean, so like, for example, you had Jake Hager versus Cody, which was next to that. And I don't, uh, yeah. I don't think it was as good of a match. No, it wasn't. There was just, it was overbooked. It was a very, very overbooked match. What do you mean? So, well, because you had, you know, you you had, so Hager came out with his wife. You had the, you know, distraction stuff from his wife. You had a lot of distraction stuff from Arn. Um, you had, you had Dustin come out and, you know, basically clock Hager. It just felt overbooked. Though, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it overbooked, though. Overbooked means, like, let's say, like, you had you know, different members of the elite or different members of the Nightmare Family, like UT or something like that come out, or you had the like a bunch of the Inner Circle come out. And, you know, but essentially, like, Jake Hager was kind of able to do it on his own, and, like, having his wife there and be a distraction, it's nothing different than Cody and Brandy have done. Sure. Um, and then, you know, Hager has already had, you know, had his program with, uh, his program with, Dust- with Dustin, so that made all the sense in the world, too. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Just like, I, I just think that Hager isn't necessarily the most entertaining pro wrestler. He's a good MMA fighter. I mean, he's he's undefeated, yeah? Yeah, he's undefeated. He's funny he's as under- fuck. He can be yeah, funny he, as fuck. He can be. He says he that really, like, just dr- almost dry sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it, you know, it, it's not something... I was really excited to see for again for something that's a very pay-per-view. It's supposed to be pay-per-view quality. I, I was expecting to see somebody uh, with a little bit of a bigger name or even a, a bigger surprise. Like mm-hmm. if you saw, um, who was it? Uh, is it Davey Worst? No, no, no. Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, was supposed to make his uh, AEW dark debut, and that's something that I would have been super excited to see for for Fighter Fest instead of Jake Hager. Yeah, I would have loved to see like, and so I, I feel like they blew the load with uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s, you know, debut on Dark. Like I feel because you know you still have a second night of Firefest. You could have had Cody come out and do an open challenge to anyone, and then that's when Pillman comes out, and that would have been fantastic. Mm. But I digress. Uh, yeah, I think I think that even with that big fight field that they tried to go for the week before. It, again, it just didn't really hit, and I don't really necessarily care for Hager all that much. Like he's the monster in the inner circle; that's cool. But like, what else is that? What, what else yeah. is he really? So, uh, we had yeah. another inner circle match after that, which was Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. Is Santana and Ortiz still going by Proud and Popper, or is it just Santana and Ortiz now? Uh, I think they go by Santana Ortiz slash Pride and Pop. Proud and powerful, or whatever. I think that's more proud and powerful. I think that's just like their their like catchphrase kind of thing. Fair. Uh, fucking fantastic. So I love. It was actually really good. I, I I after having not seen the private party in a while and tag team scene, uh, you forget how good they really are. And with with them being with uh, Matt Hardy, Hardy, that lends a lot of um. Uh, a lot of what was the word I'm looking for credibility to to what they can do and what they're gonna be. So I'm glad that they paired those guys up together. Um, I mean, so having Matt Hardy, you know, mentor, mentor or, or manage them, if you want to say, 
Like he really is the he really is their uh, Michael Hayes. Yeah, yeah. He's he's become Michael. He's become Michael Hayes, which is crazy. Like now that you say it like that, like that's crazy. And if you don't about. remember, and if you don't remember, Michael Hayes managed the Hardy Boys when they started doing the whole like long hair and like very not goth clothing, but like you know very that very hardcore style clothing. Well, no. First they started as the new brood with that with that look, and then no, 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 no. That was that was after. Really. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was Michael Hayes, and then the New Brood, and then that's after that they had Terry for a little bit, and that's when they got rid of Gangrel. That's when uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardys uh, got rid of Gangrel. That's right. I remember the Terry Invitational. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's very like the very early Michael Hayes, and like. Everybody has still a lot to grow, has, has a lot to do as far as growing as not only individuals but as uh, as wrestlers because uh, is it Mark Quinn or is it Isaiah Cassidy who's only twenty three? Um, I think Isaiah Cassidy is only twenty. Yeah, like they're they're super super young, so they have a lot to do, and they're they're going to be up there. They're going to be up there within the next year or two. I think Mark Quinn's twenty two. Yeah. So. So like, like yeah. I said, but it's really good to see them with Matt Hardy. It's good to see them with somebody who is very knowledgeable in tag team wrestling, um, and especially with young talent. Um, so they have they they're lucky that they have that, yeah. and they're also lucky that um, you know he's able to control his multiple personalities as well as he has. <laughs> because I don't know how they'd be able to to handle Damascus being in their corner every night or trying to offer you know fucking advice when he's you know trying to when he's so um, enticed to see Harry Houdini and fucking uh, Abraham Lincoln every night I don't know how he would handle V1 Matt Hardy Oh god that's our big money Matt I want to see yeah. ooh I wonder what's the team that you would see big money Matt with MJF Yeah I guess MJF like would be the uh fuck big money millionaires yeah something along those lines but yeah so but uh yeah uh Santana Ortiz private party that was a great match and uh, you know what I saw I didn't see a lot of love for it online on Twitter but um you guys are insane I thought that was a really good match I thought that was a fun match oh and before we forget you know yes Cody beat Jake Hager uh so Cody got the pin and then Private Party got the pin on Santana and Ortiz. Uh-huh. They, had, they hit the gin and juice. Good. Just a really, really good match overall. Uh, our main event, we had... This was fun. The tag team champions of Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus best friends Trent Beretta and Chucky Taylor. No, no, it's Chuck Taylor and Trent. So, oh, oh, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Beretta, we can't see the word Beretta anymore. Trent um, and Chucky. So, obviously, and if you didn't watch this, you are insane. Please go watch this match because it, it's a fucking Hangman Page match. Hangman Page is always entertaining. But oh, never in my life, never in my life have I seen not only somebody – I mean, like, I've, you've seen people roll up to their championship matches – You've never seen somebody roll up to their championship match dra- driven in in a minivan by their mom. 
It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, Trent, uh, Trent's mom, uh, Sue, drove him and Chucky e. T into Daly's place for their tag team match. And she even called him back to the van for a little kiss on the cheek. And I thought that was fucking adorable. Like, let's please, let's make, let's normalize. And not only normalize, let's make cool that loving your parents is cool. Like, I, I thought that was in, insanely, insanely cute. Like Excalibur. He's like, it's kind of, he's like, it's kind of hard to look tough when your mom, when your mom's son, you come back to give her a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was adorable, though. Uh, but uh, how did you feel about the match as a whole? So, my only, my only issue, I wish they would have made this uh, a limited commercial break. So, we had two, uh, I mean, we had, you know, we had two bottom screens, but I felt like those commercial breaks were too long. The match itself was fantastic. Like, I didn't want to, you know, step away from the TV from watching the match. Uh, I'm there looking at the bottom of the corner of my fucking TV throughout the whole commercials. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Uh, WWE did have the advantage on that where they did limited commercial breaks for yeah. the for the Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. And, and EW didn't do the same for whatever reason. Um, but, I mean, they probably did it for uh, a good reason. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my gripe, too. Um I really, it was really interesting. Again, it's really nice to see uh, Kenny and Paige on TV again mm-hmm. after not having them for so long. So it just felt really special. Um, I really, I really thought that they were gonna drop the belts to best friends. I'm not gonna lie, uh, best friends. Yeah, I don't uh, Tony, see Tony Khan has been really. I mean, they've they've been really good as as especially Trent. Trent's been really like. Um, mm-hmm impressive in singles competition and just the team as a whole they're pretty over even without orange cassidy they would have been pretty over but like you can also tell tony like tony khan isn't shy about it he's really high on the best friends because they've they've put in a lot of work for the company so they've really proven themselves to be company men and so like i could have seen them getting the win for the titles but yeah maybe not yet i'm sure soon Uh, i'm sure maybe they're the ones that take out the dark order because i have a feeling the dark order is going to get those tag team titles sooner or later if if not dark order ftr or even proud and powerful but um uh best friends will get their time and time in their sun soon and i'm really excited for that i think they're deserving they're deserving of it i mean if you watch being the elite they're kind of letting things simmer in the background yeah um after the match uh so you know we had Adam Page hit the buckshot lariat for the win. Um, after the match, you know, you had FTR come out to kind of give their congratulations and start a little heat between FTR and Kenny Omega. Yes, they offered uh, Kenny and Hangman beers in solidarity, and uh, Hangman, you know, enthusiastically took it. Well, he didn't even care who it was coming from, he just took it. Uh, Kenny um, doesn't do alcohol. So uh, when I saw him about to drink it, I was really surprised. But then he goes over to the hard camera side of the ring and throws out the beer. And uh, Dax Harwood kind of looks on him like, what the fuck? And that kind of pisses FTR off. And even Hangman kind of gets heated because he, like, he specifically looks at Kenny and is like, why you got to be such an asshole? Like, and then the Bucks come out and kind of uh, kind of try to simmer things, you know, try to calm things down a bit. But, um, and if you don't, see 
being the elite, I think it's maybe a little bit lost. Um, but on the most recent episode of being the elite, they kind of talk about that a little bit and uh, Hangman confronts Kenny about it. So, you know, like they were just being nice. They're being, you know, they're trying to offer us just, you know, just a drink. Like you could have just given it to me or something. It, and Kenny tells him like, well, they've been talking all this shit about us, about the elite. And like, how am I going to just, you know, be cool with that, you know, automatically or without even thinking about it. Um, and that's uh, and that's fair. That that's very justified. See, this is the one thing I love that AEW does that WWE doesn't really do is they kind of take that with being the elite to kind of have that opportunity to take time and craft stories. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't like to do that for whatever reason. Uh, or they just, I don't know, they don't like putting in the, the effort. But yeah, no, I like that they, they, they did this for being the elite. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel this also is going to lend into the rift of of Hangman and, and Kenny Omega, too, at some point. Because I'm sure it was supposed to happen a while ago, but now, like, you know, here's another catalyst for their breakup. Now, you want to know something interesting right now? Well, uh, completely changing topics on things. Uh, so, it's being reported by Big Daddy Dave Meltzer. Please don't call him Daddy at all, huh? ever. Oh, he's Big Daddy Dave. Okay. He will always be Big Daddy Dave. He's Daddy and nothing to hold. Go on, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, Ray Mysterio has not signed a new WWE contract. Yeah, and he's not working on a contract. He's just working yeah. show by show. And it's come down to pretty much money at this point. So he said, uh, he asked for a raise. Vince said, looked, said, look at the situation we're in. We just got rid of a bunch of people. And so anyway, he's, he's not signed. And they're not trying to book a match. Or, and they're trying to book a match for Extreme Rules as Ray Rollins in a single match where the stipulation is the only way to win is to take the other person's eye out. Yeah, I versus um, I. That's interesting. Yeah. Blind them for life. That is how you win the match. And that's like, that's really interesting. It's really, really interesting that in a lot of senses because, you know, yeah, you let go of a lot of people, but you're still on track to, be coming, to having the largest earnings you've ever had year over year. Yeah. So... Can't see me. Can't see me shrugging my head. Forget we're audio format. And so uh, another thing that's kind of like going on behind the scenes is apparently, uh, you know, creative just doesn't have anything for Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Okay. So this one's in the not. I wouldn't say it's necessarily ridiculously interesting, but there's no surprise to this. Vince really soured on her for multiple reasons. One is that he doesn't understand her style of wrestling slash mixed martial arts. And I'm just like, bitch, you have Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Brock Lesnar was probably wrestling a little bit more than he has been doing UFC fighting, so whatever. Um, two, and somebody brought this up. That I think I took a screenshot of it. I don't remember. But somebody was saying how she doesn't check off the boxes that Vince has for people like this, where she's not necessarily 
con- like you know she's not what you would call conventionally attractive. She's not blonde. She yeah. doesn't have a lot of these qualities that um, that you know he would want in a in a top female performer. Like that's why he was so high on uh, Lacey Evans at at one point, and you know that's why he you know that's why uh, people like Tristratus or something like that like well they are talented and they did get better a lot better in the ring you know with time you can't help but you can't deny that their conventional attractiveness also kind of helped put them where they were Uh, and that's not being mean I'm not saying that they weren't worthy of what they were doing like I just said it's not that they didn't put in the work but I'm saying it also helped now and that's and that's what Shayna Baszler lacks because I think she is a she's a decent talker. I think with the work that she did in NXT was really really good. Yeah. But she doesn't have, you know, the WWE look, quote unquote. Yeah. And but apparently she at the recent most recent batch of tapings she was in the match for main event. So. I keep forgetting that they have main event, but I'm also surprised that they're still doing tapings for main event now. They have to still do tapings for main event because the international market pays for it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's the same thing with 205 Live. That's what I'm saying. Uh, wait, they're still doing 205 Live too? Yeah. Oh, wow. I so, know that. Yeah, like, those are still available. Those are still available for live programming in, you know, any country that doesn't have the WWE network. Dude, that's that's their that's that's their uh, their alternative until they can get it in their in their market. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's dumb. It, it's a waste of talent, unfortunately, for Shayna Baszler. But that's what seems to always happen. Uh, pause real quick. Pause real quick. Now, interesting this for tonight. So it is being reported oh, by Russell Votes. Motherfucker, I said pause real quick. Uh, you didn't say pretty, please. Okay, so before we, we go into what's coming up, I just want to bring up a good point that somebody made on uh, the Cage Side Seats uh, comment section. Um, and this comes from JBL's other boy. Um, I'm going to read the whole comment as is. Uh, I think the bigger discussion here is what NXT is not producing, is that NXT is not producing the kind of wrestlers Vince wants. They can't be doing. They can't just be doing their own thing down there and expect any of that to translate or even be wanted once someone moves up. The way it probably should work is that Trip signs some people with the intent to develop his own way, knowing they'll probably stay in NXT, and sign others with the intent to develop them into the archetypes he knows Vince wants. Then Vince would say, "I need a monster supermodel foreign heel." And NXT would have one ready to move up. Instead, we would get Vince saying, "Give me your top guy slash gal." And it looks at them saying, I can't, I can't do anything with this. I don't entirely blame him as Raw, SmackDown, and NXT are very different shows. But Hunter has created a water pipeline when Vince was expecting an oil pipeline. Yeah, that's about right. And yeah, they, they are very different shows. They're very different outlooks on what uh, sports entertainment should be. And I think this might be resolved. Um, if you, because we didn't, haven't said anything about it. Uh, WWE has bought Evolve. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. WWE has bought Evolve, so they get all the tape library and they get the name. Um, and so 
As, they do not own the live streaming services. No, yeah, that that belongs to WWN. Yep. Um, but they own their their shit. They own their tape live, the past shows and everything like that. So you might see that on the WWE Network before the end of the year. Um, but here's the thing, is that when NXT moved up to USA on uh, at the beginning of this whole Wednesday Night War, um, they were really pushing to make NXT the third brand of WWE, which is why you have superstar, uh, you, which is why you have superstars from Raw and SmackDown going to NXT once in a while because they want to make it seem as equal as uh, Raw or SmackDown, and they want to show. That's that's why why they want to Survivor Series. That's why they want Survivor Series, because they want to make it their own brand. And they want it to not just be developmental as it was originally supposed to be. Uh, And we're talking post-game show NXT. Um, So now, I think when they're... Whether they choose to do something with Evolve or not uh, is, is to be seen because, you know, we haven't seen a, we haven't seen them do anything with WCW. They tried doing ECW and that failed miserably, but Evolve is really small and was developmental to begin with in the first place, whether it was for their company or even Impact or something, stuff like that. Like, that's where people would go and essentially mine for their talent. Um, so I think they have the opportunity now to keep NXT and make it keep it the show that it is, but then all the people that are, you know, NXT trainees, you send them to Evolve. Yeah. And you really use that for developmental because I don't think Evolve will ever be able to compete with NXT or be the next NXT. Yeah. Evolve is just going to be Evolve. So I think they they have a chance now to actually. I don't know. Either Vince is going to do that and maybe try to make put more uh, pressure on NXT being like Raw or SmackDown, or they're just kind of going to mix all three of them up and it's going to be a shit show. Now, what's interesting also as well is uh, back to kind of Ray Mysterio situation. So you're telling me you don't have money for Ray Mysterio, but you can buy a whole promotion. I mean, it was kind of cheap to begin with. I think it was like it was way less than even what they bought WCW for. It was it. Well, because WCW, when they paid for it, it wasn't even two million dollars. No. No, it wasn't. And but... I think and Evolve doesn't necessarily have. I mean, they have the streaming and they have the library, but it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't add up to to WCW tape library money or WCW naming rights and shit like that. Yeah. And that's even without the contracts. Because I think Evolve was... Don't quote me on how much Evolve was, but... I'm trying to look at that right now, and I see nothing. Yeah, because it was kind of in the works from for a while, but then it became... Um, uh, it, it was official this past week. So, e- yeah, Bleacher Report... Yeah, yeah sooner or later it'll come but I don't think it was it, it was like WCW money. I'm I'm sure it was a lot cheaper. Um, but also you can say that's an investment, of whether uh, you know despite, or I'm sorry, instead of keeping uh, a lot of people on the roster like Mike Kyoto or uh, Mike and Maria Canales or anybody else, because that's going to pay a lot greater than unfortunately 
uh, the humans that they decided to lay off and fire. Yep. But how interesting is that? Is that you're going to see the Young Bucks on the WWE Network regardless? Yep. And, you get, and we're going to get to see Drew Galloway, the better version of Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we could see Orange Cassidy versus Velveteen Dream. People can't see this, but he's slowly backing away from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about tonight on Raw because there are some big things that are, are apparently happening. Big things popping. So, Russell Votes has said that we should be expecting a new WWE US Championship tonight on Raw. What do you think? I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what this looks like. Uh, Wait, like I've been scrolling. I've been refreshing WWE.com because I'm pretty sure they're going to blow the load before the show starts. Like they did for the second part of the Great American Bash. No. Um, and apparently uh, one of the... Uh, how, did, how did you feel about the, the new Intercontinental title? I don't remember if we talked about that. That's all right. We, we did talk about it. I thought I thought it looks a lot like the AEW's Women Championship. Oh, to me, it looked like a lot of something from the underground. I guess. So, with them doing this, I think that completes their transition for championships in terms of style. Yeah, that's true. So all the oh, yeah, that's the last one that yeah that hasn't come gotten redesigned yet. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think the tag champs been the tag team champions have been updated in a while either, but Well, ever since the brand split. Yeah. But meh, we'll see. Um there's also reports that a one of the formerly former released WWE superstars from Black Wednesday will show up today as well since um, technically he's under a 90 day non-compete from what Wait, who what one of the released wwe superstars from black wednesday oh is gonna show up tonight that was on a wednesday what do you remember that yeah it was on a wednesday when they let go 40 percent of their staff mm. and so He's supposed to apparently be showing up. One of someone's supposed to be showing up tonight from, from all that. Because you know, ninety day non complete P clause. Oh. So that will be very very interesting. But I mean, it's it's a non compete. It doesn't necessarily mean he's still contracted, right? He's still like so. He they still can use him within a ninety days after release. That's dumb. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be used. Yeah, neither would I. But apparently, if you want to get paid, you have to, and they want want to use you, you gotta show up. Um, 
Oh yes, our so our main event for Fighter Fest this Wednesday was supposed to be Brian Cage versus John Moxley. That's been moved to Fight for the Fallen in two weeks. Yep. Um, Fight for the Fallen. Last year, money was donated, raised and donated to go to gun violence victims. Uh, this year, money is going to be raised to go for you know COVID relief eff- relief efforts, which is fantastic of Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else? Mm, no, not really. I don't have anything else really either. Uh, yeah, where can they reach you at? I'm at pending257 on Twitter, and of course, the podcast Twitter, uh, T, TNDW Podcast. And so that's Pendehoing on Twitter. Listen, I wish you really tried this hard losing weight as you try to make like <laughs> making jokes out of my my Twitter handles. <laughs> Fuck you. I see, I dug deep there, motherfucker. <laughs> that would hurt. Words hurt. I mean, look at I, he he he's ready for a wet T-shirt contest. If you could see right now, like his titties are all on display, and I'm trying to keep food down. <laughs> yeah. Just like. You ever, you ever seen a mantis on like just chilling on a beach? It's like that's exactly. Yeah, what I have seen a mantis window. chilling on the beach. I have that picture of you. And that picture of you. <laughs> All right, people. It got so bad that people were trying to throw you back into the ocean because they thought that you know you had you had beached yourself. Fuck you. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. You know that Family Guy joke where where the fucking the fucking little kid comes and is like, well, "Daddy, what's that?" And the guy's like, "Well, that's the planet Venus." Although what it's doing down there, I have no earthly idea. It's just like, I'm a guy. That's you. You're the guy. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Aldonbrujo. That's E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. Um, as well as Natural T-N-D-W podcast at, on Twitter. Did I do it right? I did that wrong. I know. Yeah, you. Please, Tom, please uh, sing to me the uh, the ingredient list for the Big Mac because I'm sure you could do that flawlessly. <laughs> Look, maybe not Big Macs, but uh, I could tell you, I could read you the whole ingredient list for a Whopper. I'm sure you could tell me the exact order of uh, all the menu items at the Wendy's before you can tell me what are. Twitter handle is in one go. <laughs> but anyways, would you call that a showdown? Uh, I would say it's a fucking disaster. <laughs>